today on The Breakdown. In poker, there's inflection points. And sometimes there are huge inflection points. And Doug Polk and Patrick Antonius were playing a cash game at the Aussie Millions, where a crazy amount of money went into the pot and absolutely was a life-level inflection point for these guys. We're going to take it apart right now on The Breakdown. (laughs) Maybe I overdid that a little bit. (laughs) With Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. A life-level inflection I mean, you know, you decide to... I'll just say this. There is one bet, which was a quarter of a million dollars. That's yeah. a life-level inflection point for a lot of these... I think even for these guys. Maybe, maybe. maybe. It's kind of intense when you say a life-level inflection point. And that sounds like something from some sort of self-help BS. I just made it up. I just made it up. I know. But it does sound like a Sophie's Choice kind of a thing. You know, like, you got to shoot one of your kids or I'm going to kill all of them. So go ahead. Life-level inflection point. Go. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. That's what happens in this hand. Doug, Doug Polk forces Patrick Antonius to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, notably, it is a Doug Polk hand. We've never done a Doug Polk hand. That's correct. Um, Doug Polk, of course, does his own hand breakdowns on YouTube. Yes. And uh, he may have done this because he talks about his own hands, but we have not watched it. I would so be sh- we're yeah, coming be sh- in as brand new babies. I would be really surprised if he hasn't talked about this and his thinking behind it. But yeah, we intentionally did not watch his video because we're doing this. In some ways, it's sort of ridiculous for us to watch a 20-minute you know, explanation of the player for all his thought process. Then that's what's the point of us doing a breakdown in right. some ways. We're going to do it pure. We're going to bring our, our thought process to it, which we know is going to be a little different than Doug's. Doug is a, tries his best, I think, to be GTO at least a lot of the time. And I spe- expect against a guy like Patrick, he's going to do that even more so. I, uh, I'm curious. I wonder if Doug's thought process on it has changed since the hand happened, because this is 2014. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a significant difference in poker world. You Absolutely. Know? So things could have changed in his, his mind since then. I mean, we're going to be looking at it from a 2017 perspective, and maybe to some degree that's unfair, but that's always a little bit unfair when we do these things, right? Yeah. We'll do our best to be fair to everyone. And uh, it's going to be interesting to look at both these guys' decisions in this hand because it's a big money hand, Grant. It is. It is. And it was suggested on Twitter. We are, of course, at two poker guys, number two poker guys on Twitter. Suggest your hands there. We like it when you suggest the hands. This one we do. was su- suggested by Sneaky Nucky. I mean, just stop everything. Right? That's pretty the, the good. The show is over. We're I'm, done. Sneaky Nucky was I think said. Jonathan wrote this person's name down, and I think he might have written the last name wrong. But if not, I apologize. Mike Blaha. That's probably right. And then the last one, also kind of hard to pronounce. I am going to probably butcher this, but I'm going to go with Shitij Anant. I mean, it sounds amazing the way you said it. Thank you. Even if Shitij, if that's not the way your name is pronounced, consider changing it. (laughs) Because that was awesome how Grant made that sound. Thank you. You're that's, welcome. You know, you say mostly mean things to me, yeah. so that I know why you do it. So when the nice things happen, it's like it feels really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really a, a favor. relationship. It's a favor you're doing to me <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. No problems. That so, one time. It's really nice. We've been doing a lot of Aussie Millions hand recently, and this is an Aussie Millions hand. I guess people maybe they've been on TV in uh, some place, or they released a bunch of stuff on YouTube recently. Because yeah, people have been suggesting it more than than normal, and they're older ones too. This is, by the way, a podcast-only hand, so yeah. those of you who have video-only friends, tell them to shut up and start listening to the podcast. Or you can just be like, not saying anything and look at them with a sense of superiority. Yeah, because you know. You're a podcast person. Yeah, you're like, I know what's up with that hand, and I'm not telling anyone. Yeah, I got to hear all of that. Remember that joke from the 21-minute mark in that podcast, <laughs> which is definitely coming, It's going to be funny. At 21 uh, minutes, it's going to be the best joke you know, in we, Poker Guy's history. We write these things out ahead oh, of time. Yeah. These are completely scripted, these Some podcasts. people think that. You know? I know. I know. We actually, just a little inside baseball, 
I'd say the the question I've been most asked of anything is how much time do you prepare before you do a podcast or a video? And the answer is basically zero. Yeah. Like we watch the video. We talk about it a little bit as it's going on. We throw out a few opinions, and then we go do a 45-minute show on it. Yep. We do essentially no prep. And the podcast is the prep for the video. Yes, that's right. Essentially. Yeah, so we can like have a more concise version of what we said on the podcast. Which we actually even say in the video at the yeah. end. We always say, you know, if you want to know how we got to these thoughts, check out the podcast. Right, so that's the inside baseball. Yeah, this is where we figure it all out. Also, the poker time commentary, by the way. You oh, might yeah. think we script that out hand by hand or something like that. That's all one take every time. Yep, that is correct. I, we've never stopped except for a technical difficulty. Yep. It's always just one take. We just do it. Yeah. So sometimes we know what the hands are ahead of time though cuz we're producers on the show. Right. So it's a little bit different in that we sometimes we know what's coming. But besides that, yes, we uh we never It's all, you know, so that's, that's how we roll. That's the poker guys operation. So yeah. And, if, and you know, maybe you think about uh, incorporating this into your own poker game. <laughs> Meaning, you know, no no practice of anything. Don't look at your hand. Don't plan things out. <laughs> <laughs> just just act. Yeah. Act and react, I think is what they say. Yes. In the military. And the mar- uh, the Marines, the SEALs. And also in your self-help book that you're coming out with that is about life inflection points. Inflection. I don't remember what I said. A life something inflection. Life level inflection point. Yeah, that's awesome. That's like an extinction level event, right? So, is okay, this is the new self-help book. It's all about inflection life points. It's events. called inflection points. And there's like level one through level nine. And level eight is life level inflection points. Wow, what's level nine? Is it a, a, Metaphysical universe level inflection points. It could be like uh, existence level. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to work on that. By the way, inflection points is an amazing name for a book. I'm totally going to write that. Okay. Cool. It's so see it in, uh, at the shelves of the torn down post-apocaly- post-apocalyptic Barnes and Noble <laughs> in the year 2019 after the events of March 2018. I mean, Amazon's been building, you know, been buying up bookstores, brick and mortar bookstores now. Yeah, brick and mortar is going to be great after the March events of March 2018. <laughs> I mean, Amazon's going to still be around. If you're listening to this after March 2018, congratulations on still having electronic abilities. <laughs> <laughs> we just do this. This yeah. is who we are now. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I hope something really bad doesn't happen, then I'll be a suspect. Well, that'll be you no good. already are a suspect, my uh, friend. Oh, no. It's Don't bad. worry about it. Let's get to the hand. Okay. That's what we do here. Um, so it's a huge cash game. It's 1,000, 2,000 blinds. It is Australian dollars, so it's basically, I don't know what that is. 800, 1,600, yeah. give or take, yeah. So that's as big as they ever had on high-stakes poker, I think. Um, I think you're right. I mean, this is maybe the biggest cash game we've ever seen on TV. Maybe. At least that we're aware of? I think it's, at one point, at least one episode of High Stakes Poker had a 500 1K game with a mandatory 2K straddle. Okay. But this is huge. That, and by the way, the people in this game are also all, you know, either luminaries of the game or really rich guys who play in the big stuff, like Paul Newey. He's well, that's, that's all High Stakes games that come together. Yeah, right? that's true. Essentially. And also, they're all here for the Aussie Million stuff, and then they're playing this as well. Yes. For the telly. For, yeah, the telly. That's what they say in... Uh, in Australia. Yeah. So anyway, so Down. it's going to, it's going to, I'll tell you something right now. These so, guys are in the blinds. Don't tell me that. This is a blind versus blind hand. Why would you tell me that? You know how I react to that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a blind versus very, blind hand. Very sorry. <laughs> Everybody folds to, and there's an ante of some type. I guess it's probably $500 or that doesn't quite make sense. No. Um, whatever. It's Can we some, not worry about it? Yeah, we're not going to, maybe 250. I don't know. Because it's 1K, 2K. Poke limps the small blind with 7 4 offsuit, 7 of spades, 4 of hearts. Antonius checks with 8 6 offsuit. Yeah. So there's 6K in the pot somehow. Right. So, you know, there's 2K worth of antis total. Let's not worry about how they got there. Okay. Great. But I want to. I know. I want to be the this, Sherlock Holmes. Deductive reasoning. This is the kind of stuff Grant obsesses over. 
He needs to know what the antis are exactly whenever we do these hands, even though they never come into play again, and it doesn't really matter. I obsess over There's that. something like $300. Also, I can't, I can't believe you made me do a blind versus blind hand. You know how I feel about <laughs> blind versus blind I'm hands. I'm pushing you. I'm pushing you out of your comfort Thank zone. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, <laughs> you asked me to do that. All right. So 6K in the pot. No action really so far. No one has anything. It's 7 high versus 8 high. Yeah. The flop changes that. Yes. It's a 4 of diamonds, 5 of clubs, 7 of clubs flop. If you remember, Polk has 7-4 off, Antonius has 8-6 off, so it's top and bottom pair versus a straight. If this was like an 80s sitcom and Neil Patrick Harris was in it, he'd be like, cooler alert! Something like that. You think? I don't know. I'm just guessing. He was, he was in TV shows. I don't think he would do that. No? No. Why not? He's got more of a dry sense about him. You're right. Yeah. But it was a, no, it's, saying it's an 80s sitcom. That's why I placed it in the 80s. They ah. were way over the top with all that stuff. Yeah, in because bad ways. the it's sort of offensive audio ways. equipment in the screens were so bad that you had to be loud for the audience to even see or hear Just you. Saying. Anyway, the point is, this is a ridiculous flop for these two hands. Patrick flops the nuts. And Doug flops top and bottom in a blind versus blind hand where they're, I mean, you just, both these guys have to think, wow. Yeah. I hope, I hope I can figure out a way to get paid. They're right? crazy deep, by the way. Crazy deep. I don't know how deep they are, but it's very deep. There's like 700K effective, maybe 800K effective, maybe more. I, I don't mean, know how much. It's a lot. It's a crazy amount. So Polk makes an interesting decision here to start the handoff. He checks. Yeah. That's very unexpected considering that he flopped top and bottom on... Against a random hand on a super draw heavy board. Yeah, very, very wet board. And yeah, the kind of thing where Patrick really can have straight draws and flush draws and all the things. Yes, I mean, I would be betting here. I mean, I think it's, I'm sure what Doug would say, and I, I respect this and back it up, is that you should be betting sometimes and checking sometimes, right? Sure, I should be that. betting always. And so this is one of the times he decided to check. It is. He's protecting his checking range against Patrick in this spot, which is probably a good idea. Patrick's very good in paying attention. It is, and it's a it's a strong protection of the checking range because it's maybe the most vulnerable strong hand you can have on this board. Um, I'd say there's one worse, well, right? Four or five. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, so it's the second most vulnerable strong hand you can have on this board. Yeah. So you'd expect to include that in your betting range of strong hands. I don't disagree. Yeah. I mean, I think we should strongly consider uh, be looking to check raise right away on this board, too. Like, we're checking, I would think, a lot of the time to check raise anyway. It's well, a very wet board. We can rep... Draws of all sorts. Well, we actually have a very strong hand. Maybe, We're happy to put a lot of money in. Maybe Polk knows that Antonius has a straight, and he's just going to try to draw to his full house. You know, implied odds are pretty good here. I mean, if we knew Patrick had a straight, I really like a check. Yes. <laughs> so that's probably why he does it. He checks. Right. Uh, Patrick is going to bet pot with his straight, which is interesting. He bets 6K. Yeah. And I think he's doing that for the reasons I mentioned you would expect Polk to bet, because it's a draw-heavy board. It's blind versus blind. Polk has uh, any two cards, essentially. Polk's so, calling with the hands he's calling with and folding with the hands he's folding with most of the time anyway, I would imagine. I imagine Polk's calling with any piece of the board. Right, and maybe um, overs with gut, with a gut shot. Maybe he's calling once. Maybe you know, with, with the backdoor flush draw or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe he'll call once anyway. And like if you bet 4,000, you bet 6,000. I don't know if it changes the calling range, but we get to build the pot right now. That's good when we have the nuts. Although you do diminish the possibility of a check raise by betting this much. This is true. This Which is true. You would love a check raise when you, you have would. You would, but you can still get check raised by a lot of hands, you know. And in fact, maybe Patrick feels like by betting so much, some of the draws may feel like they have to check raise to continue rather than call because they're out of position, which isn't so bad either. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know. I mean, Doug's not folding two clubs. I don't know how he's going to play them. He's either going to call or he's going to race. He's not just going to throw away two clubs. Well, obviously, pot, right? Obviously. So Polk may feel like I have to check raise two clubs now. 
You might be kind of super awesome by Patrick, then, if that's the case. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, there is the classic argument that it's hard to get a bet in if the clubs come in if you don't check raise, but it also, again, protects your calling range if you just call with two clubs, and it makes it a little bit more deceptive. Sometimes you can have the flush when the flush comes in right. if you check call. I mean, as always, the answer is going to be sometimes we should check raise, sometimes yeah. we should call. Um, the question is figuring out what are the percentages. And I mean, I would think against Patrick, probably a check raise with clubs most of the time is going to work a lot. Even though he bet six thousand, it's still, it's pot. But like, whatever. I mean, it's still cheap. Like we're so 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 deep that we can check raise and it's fine. We can also call though for the same reason. Do you think the size of the bet inform, informs Polk anything about Antonius's range? Do you think Antonius has any sort of little leaks that that are range based based on his sizing? I would be shocked if that was the case. Yeah. So I'm going to go with no, but I mean Patrick is. I would guess what Patrick is doing. He's got you know like. The nuts in here, he's got some air in here, and he's got some medium strength hands in here too. So that way, he's all over the spectrum. He's probably got some pot two, size two pairs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Probably some one pair hands too. Yeah. So that like way, it. you know, like you can check raise me. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like that's what it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. If I have a draw, I call. If I have air, I fold. If I have a small one pair, I fold. If I have top pair, I call. Or top pair, better, I call. Like something like that. All right. So what do you want to do as Pope now? Antonius's bet pot, you have top and bottom pair, four, five, seven, two club board. I mean, I want to check raise personally. What do you want to do? I think that's the default that, that your mind goes to, obviously, yeah. because you have, as we said, a very vulnerable hand. It rates to be the best hand the majority of the time. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about what we accomplish by check raising good. and some of the negatives of check raising. Absolutely. Great. So something we clearly accomplish that's good is we charge all the draws. Yes. Love that. So if we make it 20K here, you know, the clubs are going to have to call, but it's nice to get that money in before the clubs come in and like we get to make decisions based on that later. Mm-hmm. And we could also win right now against some hands with some equity. Like mm-hmm. maybe a six will fold, which is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. great for sure. I mean, I don't know how good it is to build the pop and then have clubs come in. We don't really because then the pot it's going to be bigger, tougher decisions. Right. No, I don't. I don't mean it that way. I don't okay. mean I want clubs to come in. I mean, it becomes a bigger part of Patrick's range, and it may be easier to range him in, on later streets instead of having to like check call massive amounts later because mm-hmm. we are doing guesswork. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I will say another really good thing about check raising now is we can rep draws ourselves. It's a very draw heavy board. We have a surprisingly good made hand, right? And we would probably check raise a lot of our draws. So how awesome is it for us not to have a draw and be able to check raise on this right. kind of a board? Like it's a low board. It's exactly the kind of board which we really could have slammed or have a lot of draws. Like it's the kind of board we would be check raising a lot, I think, as Doug Polk. Okay, so here's a couple issues with check raising. Yeah, go ahead. Issue number one, it's probably a raise fold spot. Ugh, I hate it so much. Yeah. Patrick could have a big combo draw to decide to three bet us, and we may have to find a fold, and that's the worst. Like, if he, if we make it 20K and Antonius makes it 55K, like, well, we're in hell now. Yeah, that is a that is big problem number one for sure. Yeah, that's a major problem. Another problem that I see is that I don't see a ton of made hands Patrick has that can call us, that we can get value out of. I mean, top pair and better is going to yes, call, right? Yes, the problem being, of course, that we block top pair. That's that's true. His that's most likely point. pair is middle pair because we don't block that, and he might fold that. He might, but he might call anyway. He's in position. If he has king five of hearts here, he's just going to bet 6K. We make it 20K. He's just going to call. I guess he might. I think he's supposed to. Like, if you bet this and you get raised on this wet a board, I think you're on, on this type of board, too, I guess a seven so. high board, I think you're supposed to call with your made hands. Well, if we're going to get called by all pairs, then I like that. 
but I don't know if that's true. I'm not sure either. Um, I would guess that Igor Kurganov would call here because we've seen him do this kind of a thing where he's betting for like super thin value to charge the draws, gets check raised, and he's like, well, I was betting for value, so well, here's I'm the calling issue, here, bro. The issue beyond that is that Patrick bet pot. Yes, It might make true. him a lot more likely to fold his marginal hands when he gets check raised. That's a great point. That's a really, really good point. Um, I will say to the other point about the, as a con to this, which is getting three bet, while that's something that does suck, it's going to happen so rarely, I would think, that it's not something we have to be super worried about. I don't about. know. Patrick is kind of hyper-aggressive. I mean, Patrick doesn't three-bet very often. I mean, if he has... This is a handy with three-bet, possibly. Don't get me wrong, yeah. as it turns out. But, like, how often do we really see... And any of these guys, how often do we really see three-bets going on the flop? It just doesn't I know, happen yeah, too much. Yeah, I believe that it, that it is rare because Poke himself could have the nuts. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, sure. But Antonio's might choose to take the jack-eight of clubs and, and three-bet it. And then we're in trouble. Yes, that is true. That would really suck for us. And we may end up folding to that, and that is a problem. But there's not too many combos where that would be the case, right? Where Patrick would do that. Now, Patrick may sometimes decide just to take a random hand and turn into a bluff. But it seems unlikely because this is the kind of board that we absolutely could have the nuts on ourselves as Doug Polk, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not like it's ace-ace four and we're check-raising as Doug Polk. All of this to say, I think it's not a clear-cut check-raise because there's Mm -hmm. definitely bad parts to check-raising here. I agree completely. I don't think, I, I guess I just feel like our hand is so good and it's vulnerable to things. There's a lot of bad cards. A five sucks because that counterfeits us. Any club sucks. An eight sucks. A three sucks, right? A yeah. six isn't great. Like, that's a lot of bad cards. Well, so it makes me want to just be like, let's let's like not just give you cheapish shots at this. Well, sizing might play a role in Polk's decision because yeah. he decides to call. And yeah. maybe maybe he makes a different decision if Patrick bets 3K instead of 6K. Yeah, I don't you know. very well could be right. So Because 6K represents a different thing. And maybe, maybe includes, like you said, it could be all over the spectrum, but maybe it includes a lot of calls and raises that have poke in trouble and a lot of hands that Patrick's like, oh, took a shot folding. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's a problem for poke if you check raises. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Um, there's things that are going to happen in the future, which makes me question this thought process. But we'll wait till those things happen. Okay. Um, so Poke does call. Yeah. It's an interesting decision. Most players are going to default to a check race. What do you think is optimal? I don't know. Yeah. It's really hard to know. I think it... A lot I, of it depends on history. I think I it depends a lot on your opponent. Yeah. Certainly. Um, I know amateur players are definitely going to want a check race here because they play with a lot of fear. Right? Yeah. And... The way to play with fear with top and bottom pair on a wet board is to put in aggressive actions and hope your opponent folds. I mean, it's not just about fear, though. It's also about being out of position means that, like, if we check the turn, he's going to check it back some of the time, especially if we just call the pot size bet. Yeah. And now we're losing value. Now we only get one more street of value. And we, you know, like, so that's problematic, too. Right. And that's another reason to check raise. No, I agree. I agree. But I think there's arguments for both sides, obviously. For sure. And Doug Polk agrees with me. He's going to call. Agrees with you this time. This time. Yeah. Um, so the pot is 18000 mm-hmm. That's real money. Sure. Turn is the five of hearts. Hey, this is one of those cards that suck. Neither player really wanted to see that card, but especially Doug Polk didn't want to see that I card. I mean, Patrick is not too worried. Come He's, on. Patrick's no. is like, I still have the best hand almost always, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, now Polk has been counterfeited. He now has sevens and fives, which anybody with a seven would have. And any seven that's bigger than a four now hasn't beat. Yeah. So that's... Poopy. Not well, ideal. That's what we call technically poopy in poker. Mm-hmm. I think that's the word. It's an industry word. Yeah. If you're not sure what it means, let's Google it. Google poopy images. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, 
Now Poke makes a very confusing decision to me based on exploit, but as we know, Doug Polk is a GTO guy. Yeah. So I think that might be what's informing his decision. But he decides to lead the turn now. He leads super small. Yeah, the other thing that's interesting about it is he leads for less than a third of the pot. He bets 5K into 18K. Okay, so this is why I was wondering. He can't really give Patrick too much credit on the pot size bet if we lead the turn, right? Because we only have top pair with no kicker now. Anything Patrick would have had that was strong would be in great shape. If Patrick had bottom two, he's got a full house. If he has top two, he's got a full house. If he has the same in, he has, if he has a seven, he still has that. And we're, we're at best chopping with that at very, very best. His draws aren't going to fold. You know what I mean? Like, so if, we're, if we feel like Patrick had a super strong hand and we were worried about the check raise, then leading doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I, I don't get the lead. I'm not understanding it very much. I mean, I have a guess. Well, what's going yeah, on. and we both have the same guess. No, I have a different guess. Oh, you have a different guess. See, come on, bro. Work with me here. Uh, well, maybe if you used a different tone of voice, it would be easier to work with you. No, maybe, I'm not Maybe, maybe that's the kiss. I'm not changing at all. Yep, that's clear. <laughs> so anyway, um, my guess is not so much that it's the GTO aspect of it, although I believe that does play into it a little bit, um, which is the GTO, of course, thing is when the second card pairs, often uh, you donk. Right, that's because that's it's GTO supposed to be better for the caller's range than the better's range. Correct, um, but I think another piece is that Doug just feels like it's going to go check check so often now. Like Patrick's checking back the turn. Now it turns out Patrick wouldn't, but but Doug's worried about that, and so he doesn't want to give Patrick a free shot at beating him. And so and now like lots of cards can beat him that e- couldn't e- have before. Explain a little bit what you mean by give Patrick a free shot at beating him. If Patrick was, if Patrick has nine eight, so he's got overs and a gut shot. Yeah. Patrick is going to check this turn, I think, most of the time when the five pairs. Yeah. So then Patrick can now hit a nine or an eight, as well, which Doug didn't have to worry about a nine or an eight before the five paired, right? He's still beating the, that hand. Now Patrick picks up all this extra equity and gets to see a free river if he wants by checking if Doug doesn't lead. So hands like that. Or, by the way, air hands. Patrick has king nine or something. Just a complete air hand. Patrick would check that back and get, a, get his free six outs. Are you uh, sure no. Patrick would check back King Nine? Um, I'm not sure. That's a fair. That's a fair point. I'm not sure if he would check that back. You right. might not check back Eight Nine either. And for five K, Eight Nine is not going to fold. No, I'm saying it's just about not, just not allowing it to be free. It's not okay. about trying to fold these hands out. Although, like, if there's if King Nine exists, that will fold. I I assume most of the time anyway. But more um, more the other thing about yeah, just charging them instead of giving them infinite odds to draw. Why charge them this much instead of more? That's a good question. I don't have a great answer to. I don't know why it's so cheap. It doesn't make any sense to me. A misclick? I don't know. Like, why are we betting five thousand into eighteen? It seems really bad to me. Like, we should be betting ten thousand, right? Should we just be betting ten thousand or twelve thousand or something? Okay, here's here's a thought, and it's based on future knowledge when okay. I know what happens. Okay. Okay. So sure, I'm, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I just got to clarify that. I'm not yeah. like a soothsayer here. Um, Polk may be thinking, okay, a lot of the time Patrick has a flush draw, like a, a reasonable amount of the time, right? Yeah. I block all of the potential full houses with my hand, with 7-4 on a seven five five four board, because Patrick rarely has a pocket pair having that raised preflop. Yep. I guess you could have it sometimes, but it's rare. You would really expect him to raise, especially with antis. Mm-hmm. So we could even almost entirely remove pocket pairs from his range, meaning Poke blo- himself blocks almost all full houses, which means that Patrick's value is straights mostly, and then he's got a lot more flush draws than he has straights. 
Mm-hmm. It was straight draws also, right? Straight draws, flush draws, and straights. Yeah, okay. Um, and those All are right. his hands that have equity or a lot of strength in the hand. I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say that... You could say a bunch of his value is straights. I'll give you that. But, I mean, probably still has more pair value than straight value ultimately just because it's hard to have a straight. Okay. Now, this is where I'm going out on a limb, okay. and you're welcome to kill me for it because it's a thought that it. I've just kind of formulated. And I'm not sure if it's if there's okay. anything to it. Polk is not doing this with the intention of bet calling, and I don't think he should be because that w- is what a bad amateur would do. Mm-hmm. As, by the way, a guy named Grant Levy who is the commentator for the Aussie so Millions. So weird. Yeah, it's very weird that that's his name. Also, I don't know how he got the job. because He's <laughs> a pro. He's a pro. Okay, whatever. He's the guy who says Polk might be trying to find out where he is, Yeah, which is an amateur move that people who are good don't do against good players because they know it's exploitable. Yeah. Right? So Polk's plan can't really be to bet fold unless the size is so enormous that it's like okay i guess i can bet fold for this size i think there's no chance poke is bet folding when he bets five thousand with top pair so maybe his idea is that betting small might induce patrick to raise with some of his draws and Mm -hmm. that's the best way to in fact charge the draws for the river Mm -hmm. by inciting a raise from patrick with something like jack 10 of clubs here because poke is looking weak here thinking okay i'm gonna bet and tony's is gonna raise i'm gonna give up on all club rivers and maybe other draws coming in rivers. Like, yeah, the straight river, yeah, so you so, have to give up. And, that's a lot. That's a third of the deck. So this way I whatever. get more money in on the turn when I have the best hand against those hands, if Patrick does decide to raise those hands, and I can easily identify the cards that I'm not going to give action on on the river. Mm-hmm. Is, yep. Is that way too out on the limb? I don't think it's way too out on the limb at all. I think that's pretty reasonable, actually. Because okay. uh, he bets so small. It's just weird. The thing is... Like, if he's not inducing, I don't know what he's doing, really. Except, like I was saying, like, just charging these these hands something instead of letting them get there for free. Um, and building a pot a little bit for himself, too. The, the other side of this, which we haven't really talked about, is the benefits of checking here. Because there's some pretty good benefits of checking. All right, let's name some of them, then. We have exactly the kind of hand we'd want to check with, right? We're right, right. In the, square in the middle of our range where we want to check. Yeah, so part of that GTO aspect we were talking about before where the middle card pairs, it's better for the caller's range than the raiser's range. Yeah. You can't always bet when the middle card pairs or else that's exploitable. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should choose some hands that this card really is bad for as your checks. And this is the main candidate hand, I think, for that. 7-4 is the hand that is most hating the five. I mean, we are so set to bluff catch. Yeah. We're so excited to bluff catch here with this hand now. And we went from very strong to medium strength. Yeah. Right? And I agree. We don't want to give Patrick free shots at things. But as you said, he's when we've got 5,000, he's probably calling with all that stuff anyway. I don't know. Like, And we set ourselves up to potentially get raised. Now, unless our plan is, as you're saying, to induce and just call and then close our eyes and call on a lot of rivers, that's fine. We yeah. can do that. But it just seems like that's a super high variance play to make. And we let Patrick have all the decisions in the hand then, right? Like, he gets to decide if he raises. He gets to decide if he bluffs big on the river or not. Like, so that's not great. I don't love that. I don't see how it could be a misclick just based on chip denominations. I know. I know. Like, it's 5 and 25, right? There's no 10K chip. (laughs) If there was a 10K chip, I would actually think it was possible. But I don't think there is. No, I mean, and 25K seems like quite an overbet. Yep, exactly. 25K is too much. 5K is too little. So it's got to be on purpose, right? It just has to be. 25K makes more sense to five than 5K to me. Agreed. You get to fold out all the draws then. Patrick just bet pot before. You're betting, yeah. you're betting pot and change. That makes more sense to me for sure of the two. You're saying, yeah, go away draws. Although, yeah, we only have top pair. It's fine to say go away draws. Draws, draws, go away. 
comes in <laughs> some other day. That's a beautiful song. Are we at 21 minutes yet in the podcast? No, it's too late. We're already past that? Yeah, the joke already happened. It's, it was subtle. If you didn't get it, then you probably don't deserve to listen to the podcast anymore. Yeah, you guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, of course. It was the, when when I said the thing and then Jonathan said the other thing. Yeah, yeah. It was a whole... You have to combine the words and then reverse them. It's the secret joke. Yeah, it's like the how if you play Dark Side of the Moon backwards, it's it actually reveals that Jonathan is a bad person. <laughs> actually, that's true for any record. Any oh. album you play backwards. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They, all, they all say the same thing. All right, so... Poke puts 5K into Antonio's. Antonio still has the nuts straight, but the 5, of course, makes it far from the nuts. I mean, okay, yes. But effectively, we feel like, wow, I've got a monster We hand. feel pretty good because, as we said, it's default for somebody to raise two pair on the flop. So Poke would mostly have to have two pair on the flop to have a full house now because of the same reason that Antonio doesn't have pocket pairs. Yeah. Um, so Antonio's raises, which is completely reasonable. Yeah. I would strongly... I would raise a lot here. If Poke was more of an amateur, I might be putting him on a flush draw myself because he's trying to like get to the river cheaply, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Poke is obviously too good for that to be his only plan when betting tiny here. Yeah. Antonius raises to 23000 which I don't think there's much to say about that. Perfectly it's normal. Just, let's get more money, and I have probably the best hand. Yeah, like almost always. Kind of sucks to get raised, but I guess we're just going to call. We're like, well... You know, the draws can raise me and trip fives can raise me and hands that are beating me that can raise me. By the way, worse straights can raise me and chops can raise me too. So, yeah. like, whatever. I'm never folding this hand right. On the turn, I'm never folding if I'm yeah. Patrick. Yeah, if the, board, gonna... if the board pairs again or a club yeah. comes, then we'll it's strongly consider folding. But we're yeah. like, you can't get to the river for this cheap. Give me a break. Like, you got to pay real money. And if you fold, fine. But, like, we're going to get more money in right now. I've yeah. got a huge hand and it raised me better than yours almost always. All right, so Antonius raises to 23000 Yeah. Um, and Poke, as we discussed at length, you can't really have a bet fold decision here with this hand or else you're pretty exploitable. Right, and against you know certain players, of course you could do that, but not against a guy like this. No, not against Antonius. You could right. do it against Darwin Moon. But Right, exactly. Darwin Moon's a great guy to bet fold against. Yeah. Top pair on the turn when you bet tiny. But Patrick, you absolutely have to bet call. Yep, and, but the thing, like... We're doing this, and I get it, but it kind of sucks. Like, yeah. it's well, horrible. We, we put ourselves in this position. Yeah. We're really hoping it goes check-check on the river, and we just get to win. Or he bets big, and we call, and we get to win. Those would be the two good things that could happen. Yes. That's well, it, really. Poke calls the turn, and the pot has inflated. 64000 yeah. Australian dollars in the pot. Poke is not drawing dead by any means, though. Any 7, 5, or 4 will give him the win. Yes. So that's nice for him. He's not going to feel incredible about 4s or 5s. Correct. A five he's going to feel pretty good about. Yeah. He figures he's almost always good there. Yeah, but he's never going to put in an aggressive action on the river. I got to believe he's going to check and, you know, call quickly. Yes. That's going to be the move. Hey, you Uh, know what? I was thinking about something. What were you thinking about? I was thinking about the secret joke and how there's a second secret joke. What's the second secret joke? It's nitrogen sports poker. What's the joke about that? <laughs> the joke is... It's funny how fast the withdrawals come. Thank you for bailing it's, me out of that one. It's hilarious that it only takes 5 to 20 minutes to yeah. get your withdrawals from Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. I actually withdraw, withdrew excuse me, money yesterday from Nitrogen, and uh, it, took, it took a long time. It took like 18 minutes to get to me. Man, that sucks. I was sucks. like, what's going on? 18 minutes? I that's, got places to go, man. That's the worst. I, I almost got through an entire episode of The Office, have you guys heard, I didn't. Have you guys heard of that besides from us on these podcast like withdrawing money from a poker site and getting it in 18 minutes and thinking that's slow i mean have you heard on. of that 
You have not. You is have the not answer. because it always takes at least a day. And if it's a day, you were like, "What the I hell mean, just happened?" It's I'm like the, three days. I'm minimum. the luckiest, smartest boy in the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that must be what happened. But no, on nitrogen, nitrogen moves on this at the speed of Bitcoin, which means five to twenty minutes, sometimes less than five. I've yeah. gotten in less than five. For oh sure. yeah, yeah, three minutes sometimes. It's just however long a Bitcoin transaction takes, which is variable, but it's never that long. Yeah, and of course that's where the poker guys play. But you have to use the link in the description to, when you sign up for nitrogen to be able to play. With the poker guys and also have access to all our cool free rolls and sometimes bounty tournaments, sometimes other cool tournaments, sometimes other stuff. I'm not really sure what else. Explain more things, Jonathan. You know, you can see our avatars, our cool avatars. Oh, yeah. They're pretty nifty. What do I look like again? You look like an anti-Semitic cartoon. And what do you look like? A drunk baby. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are our avatars. Uh, It's pretty great. Uh, But anyway, do use that link so you can play with us. You can also do a lot of other things on Nitrogen besides poker, although you should definitely play the poker because it's a good poker site. By the way, the sign-up details are just a username and password. That's it. Yeah. It's really easy. You can also sports bet, play other casino games. It's, uh, It's where you find your lost dreams. Yeah. That's, Land that's, of the free and the home of the brave. It's an incredible place. We strongly encourage you to use the link in the description and sign on up if you haven't already. I'm excited as we go over the years, um, if Nitrogen can, continues to sponsor us, to keep coming up with new mottos for Nitrogen. I know. So far, we have two. Land of the free, home of the brave. And find your lost where dreams. Where you find your lost dreams. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like I like the find your lost dreams one better. Yeah, that's right newer. Now. Yeah. That's probably why. We'll, we'll, we'll figure a new one out pretty soon. For sure. Put it on your calendar, March March 2018. That's <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, so moving to the river, we have yes. sixty-four thousand Australian dollars in the pot. Doug Polk has seven of spades, four of hearts. Antonius has six-eight offsuit on a four-five-seven-five-two club board. Antonius flopped the nuts. Doug Polk, Doug Polk, excuse me, flopped top and bottom, but has been counterfeited. What's the river going to bring? Is it going to be a five? No. Uh, is it going to be a seven? Keep guessing. Four. Nope. Queen. Queen. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Queen of spades. Most notably, it's not a club. Besides yes. it not being one of the cards on the board or one of the cards that completes a four-card straight. The queen of club it would have killed a lot of action, man. Yeah. So Doug now decides to check. I don't really feel like there's any other decision. It seems like we are in supreme bluff-catching mode right now. Yeah, and often check folding mode if Antonio decides to put in a big bet. But sometimes we call. Yeah, we're going to figure it out. Right. Uh, speaking of a big bet, Patrick now with his straight is going to decide to make what I would consider to be a big bet. Okay. 90,000. Into? 64. Wow. That is a big bet. Man, that's a big bet. It's not as big as uh, Rob Young's bet against that's right. Antonio Esfandiari from the a previous podcast. Yeah. yeah, more than 3x the pot. It was 16K in the pot. He bet 50. Yeah. So now there's 63 and he bets 90. 64. But Six- yeah. Okay. Yes. Get it right, Levy. I'm trying. You're a poker guy. Am I? For now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, my, our, my trial membership your, is ending soon. Your evaluation soon. period is ending <laughs> soon, and we're going to have to discuss it with a panel. Yeah, I, that's fair. Ben Jones, Gro- ben Jones Groves is going to get in there. <laughs> he's going to have some opinions. <laughs> if he's not a, a piece of dust. I forgot if we made him into a no, piece he's, of... No, he's dust. Oh, okay. It's Damon in San Diego, I guess. It's okay, Damon in San Diego is going to decide. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, anyway... Um, what was happening? <laughs> I don't remember. All oh, right, so the, Antonius the bets came. 90... Antonius bet, yeah, one and a half times the pot. All right, so let's talk about Antonius's intent here, because clearly this is a value bet. Yeah. He's trying to get called by worse. Mm-hmm. What worse hands is he expecting to call him? Drip fives. 
He's just hoping Polk closes his eyes and calls with trip fives. I mean, forget closing his eyes. Polk is calling with trip fives. Yeah, you'd think so. Polk is going to be like, I'm way too hype in my distribution. This is a clear call. And Antonius might know that about Polk, by yeah. the way. Like, some players will fold trip fives here because they're going to play a bit more, like, player-dependent, exploitative. I like I, I fold trip fives sometimes here. But Polk is so GTO in these spots that he's probably not. I would be shocked. I mean, against a player like Antonius, I don't think you're supposed to fold trip fives here. I think you're supposed to go call, call, and hope you're good. You wouldn't be, but you that's what you would hope. However, Polk is not high enough of, right. high up enough in his distribution to make a call here, I think, with the 7-4. I think he's probably right at the very bottom of his calling range or the top of his folding range. I mean, for a normal size bet. When Antonio sizes it like this, I don't know. It's different. I mean, a normal size bet, I think he's in his the 7's probably in yeah. his calling range. But now he's like near the he's at the top of his folding range pretty much, right? Like, what's, what's going to be better that he's going to fold? Is he going to fold the queen X of clubs? That's no, the question. Uh, yeah, I think he might. It's close. It's I mean, real close. I know distribution-wise it's different, but against Antonius's true range, there's no difference, right? Correct. That's that's true for all these things. That's true for his current hand, too, right? Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah, I'm, there's no difference between a queen and a seven against Antonius's range because Antonius is polarized. Because he just bet 90,000, and he just didn't... If he, if he hit, if Antonius himself had the queen X of clubs, we just don't think he'd bet 90K very No, we often. really don't. We think he'd bet something like 35K, maybe. Because Polk can absolutely have trip fives. Yeah. So he might bet for value, but it's just he might also he's trying check, to get value out of back, other things. He might, he, might, he might even check back a queen. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah. might. Um, but like what, what Patrick would be targeting would be a much larger range of Polk's hands, like the kind of hand Polk has, or even a four or something else like that, right? Um, but this is just not that. All right. But so what Antonius has accomplished here is he's polarized his range by Very betting, much. betting this big, meaning he doesn't have a queen in his range. He doesn't have a seven in his range, certainly. Like, we can completely eliminate sevens, and I think I'd be surprised if he ever showed up with a queen, but maybe he's super sneaky and cool and can pull that off once in a while to try and get a hero from a worse hand. But I wouldn't expect it because I'd be worried about trip fives. So Antonius probably has a good five or better, right? I would think so. Like, and by a good five, I mean, like, I don't know, jack five or better? Maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Does it have to be a good five? I think so, because we are trying to get called by trip fives when we have yeah, value. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Jack five are better then. Yeah. So that's that's Antonius's top end range. His bottom end range is pretty clear. Is clubs, yeah. missed clubs. Or uh, missed six. Yeah. Usually clubs. Why does it have to be clubs and not a six? I don't think he's going to raise a six on the turn as often as he's going to raise clubs. How there's, come? There's a lot less good things that can happen if you get called. What do you mean? Clubs have more equity. There's one more club. That, oh, well, Just I mean... One extra card. It also doesn't chop, like if Polk has a 6-2. That's a good point. Now I got you. Yeah, I, I, the equity thing I don't really get. I also, behind, also with, the, the other one. with the clubs, you'll often have two overs, which could be good as well. Um, That's true. That's true. Okay. Those are good reasons. Bingo, bango, bongo, as they say. I knew you were going to get there. Of course I, of course I got there. <laughs> All right. So you would expect Polk to fold here, right? I think as folk, Polk... You wow. keep calling him Folk. Because Nick Folk missed three field goals last weekend, and it still irks me. Isn't he fired now? Nick oh, he's, he's fired. That guy's fired Those forever. Those guys have bad kicker luck, but this is not what we're no, talking about. No, we're not doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicking no. right now. We're doing it later on in the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, at the 71-minute at the <laughs> mark, we'll talk Tampa Bay kicking game. And, <laughs> and there's going to be a secret joke in there, too. And if you don't get it, you're out. Yeah. You're not done. I mean you. I mean the listeners. You're blocked. <laughs> so anyway... Um, I think as as Polk, we don't have to. We can consider calling and we can consider folding. Those are our two. We can hero call with top pair because all the draws missed. That's reasonable. 
Patrick went crazy, but that's but Patrick is one of the guys who can overbet as a bluff. Okay, so let's let's try to do a little bit of combinatorial work. Cool. Maybe maybe not a lot. Sure. Because I think both ranges are pretty expansive and we're not gonna really get to the full level. Yeah. But if we give Jack five or better, right? So yeah. that's uh that's eight combos of each of those hands except for Queen Five, which is, you know, obviously really good. We'd have to assume sometimes Patrick might raise an ace pre flop also, so we can eliminate at least one or two of those. Okay. So Jack five or better. So we're not going to include the queen because that's better, yeah. far better. Um, so we've got the jack and the king for 16 combos there. And then another four or eight combos of, or no, another four or so combos of sure. the ace five. Let's go with that. Four more combos. So we've got about 20 combos of fives there. That, yeah, that are probably. We've got 16 combos of eight six. Okay. We've got 16 combos of six three. Yep. So that's another 32. We're mm-hmm. up to 52. Is that all? Uh No. There's also seven five and four five. Right, seven five and four five. So, seven. We as poke we block both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are four combos each. Okay. Right. Uh, yes, that is correct. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> as long as you know. Yeah, eight more combos. So we're at, we're at sixty combos of value. Okay. Uh, the bluffs are all of the flush draws and all of the sixes. Maybe we should throw in like a random queen once in a while in there too, just like Patrick going for it with a queen. Okay. Clubs. Like so we'll give him like so 63 combos. Yeah, yeah, just like a little extra. If the clubs like and the sixes set. are like a lot of hands. It's hard. So many hands. Yeah. Like so many hands. The thing about those, though, is that they aren't all here, whereas all of the value is. That's fair. That's a fair point. Like a lot of the clubs are going to give up or sometimes bet smaller, you know, as a bluff. Mm-hmm. So, and including the sixes. So I don't think, I mean, it's probably... Close to even, or maybe he is value heavy. Even he might be value heavy based on that. I, you know I, what? I think he's probably value heavy. I do too. Um, but how value heavy? Well, that's gonna, again give or take. Give or it's take. It's really like, impossible to know. Sixty-five percent, something like that. Two-thirds value, at least. Okay. Yeah, I think so. So if he's two-thirds value, then we're actually not supposed to call. Yeah. With a seven in our hand, if he's sixty percent value, we probably are supposed to call. That's how close it is. Okay. So it's really, it's a very close spot here between calling and folding. Right. If we think he's got a little too much value, then we're at the top of our folding range pretty much, right? Yeah. Or we're near the top of it because maybe, what's the, like, we're calling with all our trip fives. We're probably going to find a call with a bunch of our queens so we can fold out when we have two clubs, which isn't going to come up that much, but no, it's, it's going to come not up. A, not that frequent. And then the next best hand we have is, like, this hand, right? Like, we don't have pocket I mean, we pairs. Have, we can have a seven. Yeah, right. We can have slightly better sevens. Yeah. There's like two better sevens we can have, and all yeah. the other sevens chop. Right. But Antonius never has a seven. No. He's never trying to get us off a chop with this with this bet on the river. He's, raise on the turn, bet on the river. That yeah, seems impossible. I, I doubt he would ever raise a seven on the turn. And if he did, he ain't ever betting 90K on the river. He's yeah. checking it back quickly and hoping he's good. Well, I got news for you. Yeah. First of all, Patrick Antonius has one of the value hands. He has a straight. So that's news number one. Okay, good to know. News number two, Doug Polk does not call. No. News number three, Doug Polk does not fold. No. He makes it 302,000. This is a pretty interesting play. Yes. This is So I think this I This is a I, life inflection point. Life, life size. Level life, in, life level. Life level inflection Level point. eight. I mean, we're going to make... Th- we're going to bet $300,000. We're going to raise 300K on the river, and, and it's real money? Yes. That's, that's life level inflection point, I think. Okay. Why is he doing this? Okay. I think there's two reasons why he's doing All right. it. Number one... This is something you've already been talking about is he blocks the full houses. Yes, it's almost them, imp- it's, most of them. It's very hard for Antonius to have a full house here. Right. There's because way less combos than if we remove the pocket pairs entirely, 
Antonius has four combos of full houses, as we mentioned. Um, I guess he has another, what is it? He has the queen five also. So Yeah, he does. Yeah. So there's three queens out there, so that means there's another six. Okay. Another six combos of full houses. So is that a pro or is that eight? It's eight combos of full houses. No, wait. I don't know. I'm staying out of it. Man. I lost my mind. Three, it's it would be six. It'd be yeah. six combos. Yeah, so those hands aren't folding. No. Of course not. Of full course. houses are not folding. None of them are folding. No, of course. Four five is gonna take a moment, but it's gonna call. Yeah. It's absolutely gonna call. Because what's it what's it practically losing to? Queen five and seven five. That's it. It's yeah. calling. Yeah, it is. And the way Antonius has played the hand, he can easily have any of those full houses. He never took his foot off the pedal. Oh, yeah. Like, he raised and bet at every opportunity. He took an aggressive action except for pre-flop. Queen 5 is maybe time. the least likely because he pot size bet the flop. That's correct. Yeah. Like, 7-5 feels more likely. Yeah. And of course, 8-6 makes sense, too. Right. So there's the lower straight. 3-6, so so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when poke is raising, if, if our combinatorial work is anywhere close to right clearly he thinks patrick is value heavy and he thinks he can get him to fold some of that value well well i think this is part of it right so he blocks full houses and the second piece is when you're trying to figure out what you should be bluffing with on the river one of the ways gto guys figure it out is they take the top of their folding range and bluff with that yeah so this this would be that so this is kind of a beautiful top of our folding range where we block full houses and we can tell a somewhat reasonable story. I don't know. We'll have to see how good the story really is. I don't know if it's good enough, actually. Yeah, we're going to talk about the story in a second. I'm not sure that the story is good enough, actually. Uh, but we did call pot size bet on the flop, and we called the raise on the turn. We have something, right? Yes. So that part of the story we can tell, at least. Um, so I think those are, the two th- those are the two things that are going into it for Doug here. The problem is, I'm not sure if Patrick is folding trip fives, let alone all the other stuff. Let's assume he's folding trip fives for a second. If he's not folding trip fives, we're screwed, right? Yeah. This Let's assume for play. a second he's folding trip fives. Okay. Still not good enough. Because? There's more straights than trip fives. Based on our assessment. Mm-hmm. Unless we think he has all trip fives. We, we put him at jack five and better. I mean, we made it 302,000, right? Yeah. And Patrick bet 90. So we need him to fold two-thirds of his, uh, of his value range here. Well, just two-thirds to the time to, to break even on this play. So not his value range because we included... Yeah, just, just range, period. Because yeah. he has some bluffs in here, too. Right. But and we're already beating those. But th- those are the just-in-case parts. Right. Yeah. So he might be folding two-thirds. If we if we give him... Well, we said he has about uh, 65% value. Yeah. That would mean he has something like 40 bluffs. Okay. So now we just have to knock out another... We knock out half of the value range and we're good. Yeah, I don't think we can knock out half of Seems it. Seems like it's too much... I mean, is Patrick going to fold three six? I mean, is, let me, let's actually let's let's get more specific. Is Patrick going to fold eight six? Like, well, let's start with that. That's, that's what he actually has. What's the right play with eight six? That's a good question, and this is more. We're going to get to that in a second. I think that's okay. when we're talking about what Polk's story is. Yeah. Um, but I think for this raise to be a profitable raise, Polk has to fold out at least a portion of Patrick's straights, along with the trip mm. fives. Well, that is optimistic anyway. Yeah. I mean, but it, I'm not I mean, it can't be done because the truth is, can Patrick, if you're Patrick, you think what value is Doug doing this with, right? And this comes back to the story. Yeah. So let's, maybe we can answer that question next. Okay. What value is, okay, Doug's doing this with quad fives. Yes. For sure. He's doing it with seven five. He's doing it with seven five for sure. He's doing it with queen five for sure. And he's probably doing it with four five. I'm not sure if he's doing it. He with might four, not. Five. He Ooh, might not. Patrick bet. One and a half times the pot after raising the turn. 
and betting pot on the flop. I don't know if we're supposed to raise four or five or not. Yeah, it's you're close. right because he bets so big. Yeah, so maybe, but maybe. But we may, think we think let's very. Say, let's say let's say Doug is going for it and saying, "Yeah, sure, I'm going to raise four or five. Okay, fine. We'll give him four or five. If if Doug's raising four or five, he might be raising eight six. Yeah. Now, so the next question is: Is Doug ever raising three six? I don't think you should. I don't think you should either. I think that's a bridge too far. Because I think we're folding out the trip fives a lot of the time when Patrick bets ninety k into this and we make it three hundred k. Well, then, then, well, the question for Patrick is: How often is Doug bluffing? Yes, right. That's because because the other stuff because we're calling we know we're calling all our full houses for sure. We're gonna have a decision to make with our straights. We're gonna have a decision to make with our trip fives, right? Right. So the bluffs are clearly the missed draws, right? That's what what Doug has as bluffs. You would think so. Turns out there's another hand. Yeah, I know. That, but we wouldn't think that. Which is pretty cool, actually. It's a it's a better bluff because we have blockers, at least. I mean, this is one of the reasons why blocking blockers work so well as bluffs is the story is different than you would normally be able to tell, right? Yeah. But still, this story's not amazing. If you're putting him on a bluff, though, and you're sitting at the table, you're probably putting him on clubs or a six or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool to show up with blockers as a bluff because... And it's a better bluff because you block value. Yeah. Which is why Doug is doing it, I think. He probably wouldn't do it with a club draw. Um, yeah, probably not. He might just give up with the club draw because he's like, I don't have any blockers to anything. This is a bad idea. In fact, I block the things that I want Patrick to have. Yeah. It's bad. Right. Precisely that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have to be concerned as Patrick, obviously. This is not a great spot when we bet way more than the pot and Doug raises huge. Yeah, huge. It's not a great spot. I mean, look, against the old guy at the club, you are... Uh, you fold easily. Easy fold. Yeah. If it's the main event and Michael Ruan moves in on you for 100 blinds after you've easy bet the fold. river, super easy fold. In a cash game, blind on, Vern, blind on Vine versus Doug Polk and the other guys, Patrick Antonius, not an easy fold. No, now it's a borderline decision. Now it's close. Yeah. So if we feel like... Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing which makes it, I think, more of a call, more obviously a call is this. So Doug is saying he has, except for Queen 5, which the story maybe fits. Queen 5, okay, right? I can get behind Queen 5. He calls on the flop. He donks out when the 5 pairs up on the turn and calls a raise, and now he check raises the river. Yeah. Queen 5 fits. Queen 5 does fit. 7-5 doesn't really fit. No. Just call on the flop. Donk small. Just call raise on the turn with the nuts. Check raise river. I don't know. Like, hard to get value. Hard to believe Patrick's going to bet the river again that often. We're probably going to three bet a lot on the turn. I don't know. We're probably going to check raise the flop sometimes or bet ourselves on the flop, even though Doug didn't with two pair. You know, there's just hard to believe 7-5 is out there. Here's another problem for Doug here with his story. You know what makes really good sense for how he played the hand? Hmm. Missed draws. Oh, yeah. They, like... And I know Doug might not play misdraws like that, but Antonius might not know that. Like, it looks like a misdraw if you're playing against a standard player, which yeah. I know Doug's not a standard player, but the actions he took made it look like a misdraw. The, the tiny bet on the turn and then the call, yeah. you know, check calling the flop, followed by that, followed by the big check raise as a bluff. Like, totally. Yeah. It, it makes sense from a standard perspective. Like, okay, misdraws are, are well within the range here. And here's the thing. If you're Doug, you might, and Patrick, right, on the turn... Doug bets if Doug has seven five. Doug bets seven five on the turn. He doesn't actually have the nuts. He has the second nuts, but whatever. Yeah. We don't worry. We're not too worried about Patrick having pocket sevens. It's practically sevens. the nuts. Yeah. Like we're willing to go broke against pocket sevens yes. for sure. 
we often are going to three bet because we might do that with some of our combo draws. Right. We want to have some strong three bets. Right. Because our bluffs actually might might sometimes call with like clubs and stuff, but we also might decide to re-raise because we're out of position and Patrick bet big, like raise us kind of big. And we can say, yeah, yeah, you're just attacking our small, our small sizing. Get out of here. Yeah. So that's, that's, it's just seven, five is probably going to put in a three bet a lot of the time. Like so often on the turn, right? Sometimes it won't. <laughs> of course. Of course. Sometimes seven, five, I'm sure we'll take this line, but it doesn't feel like it's very often at all. Like I feel like as Patrick, we can't completely eliminate anything. No. Queen five is the only thing I'd really be concerned about, though, as Patrick. Yeah. Like, I would expect to have heard from four or five before this. I would expect to have heard from seven five before this. And I never in a million years think Doug is going to play quad fives like this. Queen five, really, Queen five really adds up. Queen five is the one hand. But okay. This, cool. I mean, we can beat all the draws, right? Yeah. And, it's, and apparently Doug Polk is the kind of guy who can turn a pair into a bluff in a crazy way. If that's the case, then we always have to call, right? <laughs> I mean, well, Antonius has a pretty good hand here, and if Antonius knows, and it's 2014, I don't know if Antonius knew or not that Doug Polk was a, a strong GTO guy. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier to call here if you know that. Absolutely, because now we know he's going to be balanced. Yeah, and you're like, well, I'm way high, I'm way high up in my distribution. Yeah. I've got a really good hand against the old guy at the club. I'm in terrible shape. Yeah, the club, but in the uh, in this case, like. Maybe I even have. Maybe he's doing this for value, and somehow I have him beat because I don't know. It seems very unlikely that that's going to be the case. But he's going to have a lot of bluffs. Yeah, and so it's an easy call. Like yeah. Christoph Vogel saying, I mean, one of the great things about against playing a guy like Christoph Vogel saying is, if he makes plays where he's indifferent to what you do, you can also be indifferent to what you do a little bit. Yeah, as long as you don't make huge errors. Like if right. you make huge errors, like in sizing and and you know or you call too much or something like that, you know you're going to get hurt. Of course. But when he makes a big play on the river. And he's going to be perfectly balanced. It actually doesn't matter what you yeah, do. Yeah, you don't have to have only the nuts to call where you do against a lot of exploitative players. Right. I mean, the way to figure it out is where am I in my, my distribution? But you could just be like, oh, it's all the same. And Patrick's <laughs> pretty high up in his distribution. Yes, he really is. Well, especially if you think about it from the point of view of everything better than this is kind of a snap call. Yeah. Like four or five is going to take 30 seconds, but it's going to call. Yeah. Always. Right. Because he's like, I block full houses. Like, of course, I have to call. Right. He's got to have seven, five, or we're chopping, and, or queen five, I guess. Fine, he can have queen five, and that's just a super unlucky spot. Whatever. Yeah, and Patrick, in the end, does call. Yeah. And that must hurt for Doug Polk, because that's a lot of money. That's a life-level inflection point, my friend. Yeah. Or, or as we might say level in the book, eight. we might say a life-level extinction event. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, uh, no, that's no that one. was 2014. is 2017, and doesn't seem like he's extinct. So He seems to be doing pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty good. thriving at this point. Yeah, he won the one drop uh, this summer, too. Yeah, what, three point. Four, three point eight million. It's a lot of money. Yeah, he had no problem buying. I'm sh- and it's very possible that hundred k he bought him for was mostly his. It's possible. I don't really know. I don't know. Either. Yeah. Anyway, it's really cool to see a hand play out like this because it's rare to see somebody play a hand like seven four on this board like this. Really? I mean, we should probably go watch and see if Doug actually made a video about yeah. this. See what he has to say because I'd be curious to see if we were close or way, way, way off on all these things. I'm happy either way. It was a fun hand. No, this is what we do. Like yeah. we do this mostly blind to what the players are doing and thinking. That's the idea, and so we're we're have fidelity to that. It's great. Yeah. And uh, with that, I think we're done. Yep. See you in minute seventy four. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.